men and women are foregoing the 9 to 5 jobs introduced during the industrial age as they embrace new technologies within the digital revolution. And these two chaps are here to help. Welcome to the Powerful Nonsense Podcast, the show about mindfulness and entrepreneurship in the digital economy. With your hosts, Wayne Ingram and Jem Yildiz. It is my favourite time of the year. The year? The actual year or just the week? The year. Why is that? Because it's Apple Day. Oh, I thought you meant it was the podcast. You were recording the podcast. But that's my favourite time of every week. Oh, okay. But today is Apple Day. Oh, okay. At least the day we're recording this. I assume by the time the episode goes out, the Apple event might be over. And you'll be in bed, like, recovering from the excitement. <laughs> yes, <laughs> I most certainly will. Um... So, introductions for any people that have started listening to us for the first time. My name is Wayne Ingram, actor and Apple geek. And to my right is the Turkish delight and entrepreneur. Jem Yildiz. <laughs> was that good? Did I introduce myself well? I think you did. I think that's cool. fantastic. So, um, yeah. Hello to any new guests or any new guests any new listeners well they are guests they are, they guests, are guests to the show we are inviting them to to hear hear our voices yeah listen in you are our our oral oral guests oh god nice <laughs> anyway welcome to the powerful nonsense podcast <laughs> episode number 33 and we're still having technical difficulties at 33 oh. we're still having issues with trying to get the sound right so we are sorry if the sound's not perfect mm-hmm. and also apologies for the inconsistency of the release of our new episodes at the moment i know we've, we've been changing the host over so we've had a bit of difficulties with that and but we do really want to get consistent at some point we want to be putting out at least one a week mm-hmm. and so which yeah. is what our target is every time but just sometimes it just does not happen life just cre- life just creeps in the way it certainly does but we are back again we're back again, 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 again. What are we talking about today, Wayne? Today we are talking... We're going back to kind of stuff that we haven't talked about for a while, actually. I don't think we've talked much about this at all. What, finance? Yeah. Yeah. I think we did like one episode on it. We did, but I don't even know if we put that out. We definitely put that out. We've put out every episode we've recorded. We haven't. I think there's one in the, one, there's one in the lot that has never seen the light of day. Really? Yeah. Maybe I... that'll be in like a guest package or a bonus like... post two years powerful nonsense the lost episode it is it really is that could be that could be a, a dvd featurette when we do <laughs> the I, making of powerful nonsense to be honest i think it was such it, a, on the 50 year anniversary <laughs> i think it was such a bad podcast i was just like the world don't need this this is just a waste of time <laughs> which hopefully all the rest of our podcasts are not a waste of time but, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. but you, you never know there could be a golden nugget in that episode that that the whole world needs to hear and you've, you've deprived them of it, Gem. Well, if you really, really want it, I will send it to you personally. <laughs> if you email us in, or if you write us a review. <laughs> anyway, we should probably get cracking. Yes, let's. So, um, do you want to give people the general premise of the episode, Gem? Yeah, so uh, as you know, we talk a lot about James Altichar. He's got his great book, Choose Yourself, and the new book, Power of No. And I've signed up to his email newsletter, and he sent a uh, great uh, post last week, and it was basically about... Um, giving young people a guide to their finances and how they can make money and he had this sort of list in there of the things that sort of like education or 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 just the things we're not taught 
but the things that really matter if we do want to become entrepreneurs or if we do want to learn to make money for ourselves or if we actually want to be able to keep the money that we make and actually apply it or make more money and just mm-hmm. he talked a lot about personal finance he gave this list, but in the email, I don't think he, he really went into each point much. So I thought, actually, it'd be really useful if we could do that for him. Oh, how kind. Does he know we're doing that for him? Um, he should know. He doesn't, but I might tweet him just so he can maybe potentially retweet us. And we've sorted this out for you, James. It's, it's all right. We've got this. Yeah. Don't worry, James. We're all I know you're it. a busy man. We know you're a busy man. <laughs> so let's start off, as we always do, with a quote. So I've gone for a very finance quote, and it's by um, Robert Kiyosaki, who is the writer of Rich Dad, Poor Dad, which is a great book for anyone to definitely jump into and read. And he says, financial freedom is available to those who learn about it and work for it. Nice. So what's your thoughts on financial freedom, Wayne? What is financial freedom to you? Well, you see, I don't, it's it's weird, because actually I don't, I don't think too much about financial freedom if that makes sense i don't really i mean that probably explains why my finances aren't in the best state to be honest (laughs) but um yeah i mean i kind of for 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 me there's more to life than money um and i think you can have freedom without the need for great finances um to a degree which is completely going off topic i don't really know why i said that but um (laughs) i i mean it's it's tough because uh, at its most core um money isn't money isn't happiness money is the opportunity to make more choices it gives you more options and i think that that for me is where money has its value it gives you more options so for example with myself if if i had lots and lots and lots and lots of money the options that it gives me is then as an actor i don't have to wait for somebody to make the sort of film that i would always dream of doing i can hire the director i can hire the uh uh director of photography i can hire a writer i can get that produced myself so it gives me the choice of rather than waiting for somebody to make my dream film that i can then be in if they let me so i then have the choice of creating that film myself and being in it because i have let myself do it but like i say but then why is that something that you don't want if money gives you that opportunity if money gives you the freedom to be creative it's not something that it's not something no no it's not that i don't want that it's that i (laughs) like i don't it's really hard to explain because I do want that and it would be great to have that but it, for, for me it's not the be all and end all mm-hmm. I think that that's what I what I mean it's not it's, it's like some people are driven by money some people will do a job because it's well paid mm-hmm. and not because they have any love of the job at all it's just I'll do this job even though I hate it because it means that I can have lots and lots of money it's, and that's that's the difference is really- I don't, I'm not driven by money I'm driven by experience I'm driven by excitement I'm driven by um, success as opposed to having lots of money. I think um, Walt Disney said a great quote. He says... Um, legacy. That's what I'm driven by. Legacy. Sorry. Okay. So <laughs> Walt Disney said this great quote and he was like, yeah, I make money, but I make more money so that I can make more films. And I think mm-hmm. that's what people need to see. Like, it's not a bad thing to make money and you shouldn't be like, well, I don't go after the money. But if money is the thing that actually brings you those opportunities, allows you to go to seminars, allows you to pay for coaches, allows you mm-hmm. to go on holiday with your partner or all these things, then don't ever see earning money as a bad thing. And I think I had that yeah. same mentality. I was like, oh, well, I want to be an entrepreneur, but it's not about the money. It's about helping other mm-hmm. people. But actually, if you can earn more money, you can actually be financially free so that you can actually take that time out to help more people. So 
it's just a bad way and i've mm-hmm. been reading a lot of these books that, that own these money orientated books and that's it i think a lot of people have a very especially entrepreneurs they think oh we just want to do good but sometimes actually you need that money to do good you, today we're taking a day off to the podcast mm-hmm. we're lucky that our backs are covered in other ways that we can actually take this time off mm-hmm. so to be financially free is not something you should feel is oh well i'm not i'm not all about money because as you say money does have give you a lot of options yeah and i think i think also the financially affluent people um, have had a lot of bad press in recent years given the economic state of the world as well which I think is also putting a lot more not so much pressure but it's making people kind of feel like um, having too much money is a bad thing and I don't I don't think that's necessarily the case so should we actually jump into the meat of the episode yes I think so so um, one of the first things that um, James talked about is the fact that we're never taught at school how to sell so why not why aren't we taught how to sell? I, I think it's just because it's not considered an important skill by academics. Yeah, I think I think the main I think one of the real strong reasons is really that the only selling you have to do, which school teachers do, is to sell yourself with your piece of paper, mm-hmm. which is your CV at the end. I think that's the only sales they that's the only sales copy they ever teach you how to do. It's like okay, can you write a CV that sells who you are? They never kind of aim to give you those skills actually if you had a product to sell like it's always about selling yourself to somebody else to hire you rather than could i create something and would i know how to how to sell it and mm-hmm. what, what's your what's your thoughts like do you i mean as an actor you have to obviously learn how to sell yourself but do you feel that you, school equipped you with the sort of skills to actually sell in any way or absolutely not I, I, to be perfectly honest, I don't think school even equipped me with the right skills to sell myself, let alone sell anything else. Um, because <laughs> the way that you're taught to sell yourself is with a piece of paper which has a list of other pieces of paper that you've been given by filling out various different pieces of paper. <laughs> and I'm like, that's a good way of putting it. I think um, that's going to be one of the quotes I put on the page. <laughs> And, and yeah, I just, like, for, for someone who, for, for me anyway, as an actor, I'm not, I'm a creative, I'm not an academic, really, in any stretch of the imagination. And and so, pieces of paper are worthless to me. The only piece of paper that's of any worth to me is a script. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and... I don't know. It's just I just don't think that that we're really taught how to sell ourselves properly. Because I mean, let's face it: anyone can write a CV, and because anyone can write a CV, because we're all taught to write a CV, actually, all of our CVs look exactly the same. Because also, all the schools tell you is, well, if you become a prefect at school, that will look good on your CV. If you become a house captain at school, that will look good on your CV. And and so it's all these. Well, that will look good on your CV. So everybody does them. And it's like it's like the state we're in with degrees. Like, as we were saying, I think it was last episode, you know, everybody's got a degree these days. So all of a sudden, everybody's on exactly the same level because everybody's got a degree. And, uh, and, and now even master's degrees are getting to the same, same state now. Mm-hmm. I know loads of people with master's degrees and they're in exactly the same boat as me. So now it's like, well, I need to get a PhD because yeah. a PhD is the only thing with any value because everybody's got it and it's the same with your CV if your CV looks like everybody else's CV because that's how schools have taught you to do it then you're not going to stand out for the crowd so you have to get inventive you have to get creative I think as we're moving into a digital world and like you say 
people maybe people aren't mm-hmm. employing as much as mm-hmm. they used to and now actual people entrepreneurs are choosing themselves and going out mm-hmm. on their own i think it's more than it's so important that if you've got a skill set you need to know how to sell yeah. that to a company yeah. or if you want to create a product you need to know how to sell that and i i did the same i came out and i started having my own digital services that i offered to small businesses and i was scared i didn't know how to sell it i didn't know mm-hmm. how, what do i say how do i get someone to hire me I was just kind of like scared and lost. I thought I can sell myself on a piece of paper and you can call me into an interview. And even in an interview, it's like that one moment of the year, of a year in, or a, that job that you might be at for three years. That's the only moment where you really have to sell yourself mm-hmm. to get in. So yeah, I, I, as I say, I've been delving into loads of books on sales since I've been kind of trying to go mm-hmm. on my own. And um, I guess the format of this episode is that we're going to kind of give a, a reference to a book or a resource that you can use to actually jump in and learn a bit more about that. So that book is um, The Little Red Book of Selling by Jeffrey Gittimer. So I think he's one of the greatest writers on sales. I'd definitely check him out. He's got a selection of books. And um, yeah, so that's the importance of sales in a way. So what's the next one, Wayne? So the next uh, skill which we need to be taught, which we are not taught, according to James Altucher, is how to negotiate. Um, and he, he makes note that it's about a win-win situation for everyone, not war. And I think by that he means, like, don't force your negotiation into, this is what I want, therefore give it to me or else. Mm-hmm. I think it's more of, this is what I want, and I can give you something that you want or that you need in exchange for that. It's just basic trade. Yeah, definitely. I think it kind of relates a bit to the sales. It's kind of, don't be like the old-fashioned style where you've got something or and then you're literally like, you have to get the yes. Like, you're going for the uh, yes, whatever happens. Well, I was actually going to touch on with the previous point um, before you gave the book, but actually it's kind of relevant. I actually think we're in a situation where even salespeople don't know how to sell anymore. Uh, they're told, you know, you just keep pushing. Just keep asking. If they say, if they say no three times, they're going to say yes. It's like, how is that even logical? And I think it's the same. It's, it's, you should be going in going, right, what do you struggle with? What are your issues? Um, okay, well, I have a solution for that. In return for that solution, all I ask for is this. Mm-hmm. That's a much stronger than negotiation going, this thing that you don't want, do you want it? No, you don't want it? Are you sure you don't want it? You don't want it? Oh, you do want it? It's not going to work that way. Definitely. And I think people like... Um people are a lot wiser now people it's like you have to go in there feeling like that you're you're giving i think it's actually a much easier to sell something when you know it's of massive benefit to the person Mm -hmm. and so it's not even difficult there's not much negotiation it's like well you've got this problem and i've got this service and therefore we're not really i'm not even having to negotiate on this because i'm going to help you make x from it you're going to pay me this amount which Mm -hmm. still means you're making more profit by me helping you we both benefit. It is a win-win. It's not war. I'm not saying you need to start running Facebook adverts or you need to get yourself on social media. It's actually, well, if you do this, this is what's going to come for you. This is what you're going to get out of it. This is what I can guarantee you. Mm-hmm. And this is how much it's going to cost. So it's a it's a win-win because you're going to make more money and I'm just going to offer you my service. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, just think, just think about Dragon's Den, for example. Mm-hmm. That is a very basic form of negotiation in there. They go, this is how much I think the company is going to be worth. But I need X amount of money. So if you give me 50,000 quid, I'll give you 10%, which is usually a ridiculously bad valuation. But I'll give you 10% of the company for 50,000 quid. Mm -hmm. And then they go, well, hang on, because I'm not going to get my 50,000 quid back with 10%. So I need 20%. But also consider the fact that with that 20%, you also get my money, my expertise and my contacts. Mm -hmm. Therefore, that's where the 20% is is more valuable. And more often than not, the entrepreneur will go, yeah, okay, fine. 
course, together they're more valuable. So both are winning, both are coming out with exactly what they want. Exactly. So, and there's a couple of books, books, booksies, <laughs> booksies. <laughs> there's a couple of booksies that we're going to actually get, which are great for that. And the first book is Influence. It's called The Power of Persuasion. I know it's very people thinking, but you just said, oh, we don't. It's not about persuading. It's about meeting in the middle. But this book is everybody talks about this book. It's really great at getting into the psychology. And when you look at it, it's not actually about trying to screw people over. It's actually just understanding how people work and how you can use psychology to get the best for each other um another book is get into yes by um robert fisher and william yuri roger fisher roger fisher that's the one and william yuri so they're two great books on negotiation so i'll definitely check those out i don't know it kind of even the title of that one get into yes but <laughs> it's getting to a mutual yes <laughs> where it's like a yes that. for both of you i like that Cool. So the next point that um, James says that we are seriously lacking as young people, and that is creativity, which I know we've spoke a hell of a lot about. Mm-hmm. And like, we're not really taught to come up with our own ideas. So um, what's your thought on that, Wayne? How, how are we going to get more creativity? Um, it's, I think it's a long process to get to a creative mind. Um, I've always, I've said many, many a time, well, like when we were at university together and used to come up with an idea for a film, like every day, he'd be like, so I've had an idea for a film. And he'd be like, how'd you come up with these ideas? Like, I'm a creative, but I'm more of a, I'm one of those take an idea and improve on it kind of creatives as opposed to come up with something out of nothing. Whereas you're more the opposite. You kind of come up with something out of nothing. And I think it's just because you observe things, you ask more questions, you, you think what if, you think, whereas I kind of think, okay well this is great but if we tweaked this one feature we could get better results and i think that's the difference but i think it is just observing things it's um experimenting with things and and just curiosity which is curiosity what we talked a lot about in one of our last episode well, an episode a while back yeah absolutely and i think it's just training yourself to get into that that mindset because i've said to you recently since i've been become more entrepreneurial thinking since i've focused on turning my acting career into a business um i'm seeing more opportunities and i am coming up with ideas from nothing and i think that is only because i'm just training my mind to think that way and i think it is just a case of filling your brain with that sort of thing sort of creative ideas and and the what ifs and and just constantly doing it and eventually your brain's going to start getting into that pattern of of thought definitely and i think that's what james says he said it a hundred times where he's like every morning wake up and just come up with 10 ideas they're going to be terrible ideas but if you do that every day before long your brain's going to just keep everything you every time you go out an idea is going to pop up and i think like you say i think that is a bit about me like i will just see things and put two and two together somehow and make an idea i've got in my notes on my phone just hundreds of notes of just random ideas and i look back and i laugh at them sometimes because at the time i was thinking that is such a good idea and i look back and it's not as good and so if you're constantly putting out putting out new ideas putting things together molding stuff together there's loads of like i know a lot of these sort of creativity um people come into beer businesses and they and do these sort of sessions where they, I know, get different pitches and put them together and try to make you come up with ideas. But even this stuff's great just to do for yourself. Just have two completely different objects or two totally random subjects and just mould them together and come out mm-hmm. of an idea. And it, as you say, it just works that muscle. Mm-hmm. Okay, shall we go on to the next point? You forgot the book. Oh, there is a book. Yes, the book I wanted to put for creativity is actually a book um, by Stephen Pressfield. It's, again, it's a very popular one. It's called The War of Art. And I think this is sort of more about when you come up with those ideas don't be so judgmental don't break yourself down like 
ideas are great and i think when you have the idea you come with so much like energy and motivation for that idea and then suddenly that as you say that old school mentality starts jumping in and says actually you're never going to be able to make that it's not not possible mm-hmm. all right it's great that you've come up with the idea and you will start coming up with loads more ideas but then you'll also start beating yourself down just as equally saying this will never work and mm-hmm. so i think that's a great book for really sort of sort of embracing your creativity and and then being able to take it to that next level which is maybe creating the business or just pushing that idea forward cool so cool so the next uh skill slash ability slash i don't know what you want to call it um is leadership Mm -hmm. um and i think leadership can quite often get a little bit confusing for people because they think management they think ceos they think whatever um but i think in in this respect it's more about just um offering ideas to people and for people to kind of take what you say take it on board and go oh yeah that's actually a really good idea and and kind of follow you with it i think more than a management ceo type thing i think it's a, a more philosophical type of mm-hmm. leadership i think is sort of like the gandhi leadership lead people towards an idea rather than yeah. just say well i'm the boss you do what i say which yeah. is kind of the leadership that's like you say that's what comes with the word leadership but you kind of mm-hmm. straight away think oh you want to be the bossy guy at the top mm-hmm. which is like you say is totally not what we want and why do you think like school or education isn't creating leaders then and i don't want to go off too like let's keep this like, yeah we've got a lot of points to get through. i know you t- saw me take a deep breath yeah i was like oh god here it comes <laughs> um but I know you're a massive like you. You're really big into your leadership stuff, and so. Mm-hmm. I, I, I think the reason schools don't talk about it, I think, is because schools don't really want you to be a leader. <laughs> because I think there's, I think there's an issue with uh, disrupting the status quo. I think in society in general, that that's kind of my my view on it and i mean if you look at all of the people that have really changed the world in history everybody told them that they couldn't do it it was not possible um and i I think that's that's a core problem i think people are not willing to embraced embraced embrace um these new ideas they're not like the people at the top don't want these things to change because that that puts them in an unsafe position uh the people at the bottom don't think they can do it and i think there's various issues with that um but i think really particularly if you're looking to build a business leadership is a really really important skill Uh, particularly if you're looking at doing online business which let's face it is where most businesses are going these days um because you need to be able to put a message out there and for people to listen and i think yeah that's that's the crux of it really i think no i definitely agree and i think like you say i think the schooling system still sees leader as the old manager and it's like well we can't churn out too many managers because who's going to be the workers but actually one exactly. of the i don't know who said it but it's like we need actual leaders leading from the bottom and it's mm-hmm. those people at the bottom who are just going to push people who are going to as you say have better connections with people who people relate to who have great ideas and spread an idea rather than actually being the guy who just tells people what to do mm-hmm. so um you made the suggestion for this one so who is it you suggested that people should check out yeah the the main kind of source i get for anything to do with leadership and not just leadership but productivity and things like that as well is worth checking out for that sort of thing if that does float your boat is michael hyatt um and you can find him at michaelhyatt.com he also runs a website called platform university as well um so if you wanted to look at building an online business he's also got that sort of stuff but his his main focus is leadership it's michaelhyatt.com which is his blog but he's also got a uh podcast uh which is 
uh, he puts out once a week I believe which is focused on leadership um, which is called This Is Your Life so check that out as well cool so the next thing that James says that us youngsters are lacking is we suck at networking <laughs> Wayne you're nodding your head mm-hmm. why is that um, I just kind of realised about 12 months ago um, when I was looking at well actually no it was it was the end of last year which is nearly 12 months ago I don't know why. anyway um, and I, my my agent she said right so uh, now that you're signed with me I need a list of your contacts um, because I want to introduce myself to them and let them know that I'm here for if they want to communicate or, or you're usually for anything and I kind of sat there and I thought <laughs> shit what contacts Jem can I <laughs> <laughs> yeah I think you did go on my list of contacts actually Jem oh, cool. do I have honest. to pretend to be anyone and yeah it was that moment where i realized you know i've been out in the industry two and a half years by that point and um i just had no network um beyond people that i trained with and the directors that i'd worked with whilst i was training as an actor and i'm still kind of going how on earth can i network beyond doing more acting work mm-hmm. and I'm, but it's a catch-22 because to do more better acting work I need a better network and so it's kind of I I need both and I, I think we're just not really as you say we are not taught how to build a network because it's not important to go into an industrial revolution based economy economy? <laughs> economy um, because the, the only network you need is your management team that yeah, that's all I've got to say, really. <laughs> but yeah, I think I think it's just we're just really rubbish. Like I, I've just like started getting into it, so I love to sign myself up to events and like go to talks and go to places where I know there's going to be people who kind of yeah, think. Yeah, but but you see, this is the me. problem, right? This is the problem I have because when I think networking, the first thing I think is let's go to a networking event. Yeah. But I hate them so much because I'm, despite the fact that I am such an extrovert, I am actually slightly introvert and I'm introvert when it's dealing with new people I do not like to ice break at all I can't stand it I need someone to grab me by the hand and go I've got someone you need to meet drag me over there and go Phil this is Wayne Wayne this is Phil then I can hit it off with them no problem but that's the problem though but that's the skill that's so important because you got okay you're talking about a networking event but like nowadays it's so much easier than ever to get onto like Twitter and chat to someone we've got people guests on the on the podcast just by tweeting to them or you jump on a LinkedIn group or you jump on Facebook and you find people and yeah we're great we can kind of converse over those sort of digital technologies but then actually bringing the bringing the conversation offline it, it has a different bond like when you meet that person and I think we're so awkward to meeting people we don't know without an introduction. And I think, to be honest, they're the most powerful connections you can make because if you stay within your network, like directly in your network, and you're starting out, it's pretty, like, as you say, it's pretty more likely that your network is pretty damn small. Like, that's why people say with the Dragon's Den, like, of course you want Deborah Meaden or Peter Jones because their network is ridiculous. And like people say, that is the power in your network. And so, really, it's probably one of the most vital skills is to be able to, to be actually go out there see the person or whether it's online finding someone who's seems to have the skills or seems to be where you want to be and actually grow having the balls and actually knowing how to approach them in the right way and so yeah i totally agree with james i think we we've become so like 
technology orientated in that way that we're quite good at texting someone or sending an email but if you say okay can you meet me for coffee that's it that's when the fear starts kicking in you're like okay what if they don't want to meet it turns me turns into what, a date situation yeah, doesn't it yeah what if it becomes like an awkward conversation and so definitely i think learning how to network properly is a, is a really powerful skill that we all need so um the book again this is a great book and it's everybody talks about it but i think it's it's the one and it's the one you have to read and if you haven't you should get it now and that is um how to win friends and influence people by dale carnegie and that's it and i think a lot of fear that comes to networking is feeling that you have nothing to offer and i think you you fear you fear that am i good enough to speak to this person does this person want to spend time with me and i think what you need to do is when you meet that person like no one's too good for you to help them like nobody there's something you bring up to that person that they never knew or you bring a new angle or you bring like we was talking in a few podcasts ago that you bring the privilege of them helping you and that's so powerful in itself and so check out that book there's so so many different tips and advice something else i want to throw in here um it's a podcast that i have been listening to recently i've just started listening to it called the art of charm which it is a little bit about uh relationships um like romantic relationships but there is also a lot of stuff about business relationships as well in fact the latest episode i listened to was about how essentially how to get someone that you that's kind of higher up in the hierarchy if you will um to respond to your email and things like that and how you can be helpful to them it's them talking from their perspective about you know they get loads of emails and and just making sure that you're not just one person going let's meet for coffee because they get hundreds of those i totally agree with what you say there like if you're reading stuff about or like sex and relationship advice it applies to business if you're great a great person you're great like in conversation you are going to get business partners and you're going to get girlfriends or boyfriends or whatever you're after that's it it's, it's the same thing it's relationship building there's no separation so yeah I, I imagine that's a great podcast and i need to definitely check it out myself yeah so that's art of charm cool so the next point this one was an interesting one actually it's um basically james is saying that people don't know and people need to start living by themes instead of goals did we manage to kind of siphon that into yeah, a... Yeah, we, we had a discussion about this one before we hit record. Um, and I think uh, I think it was you that, that actually put it best out of us, which was you said that, you know, rather than saying, you know, I want to have a six-pack by six months' time, um, it's it's more I want to live a healthy lifestyle. And, and, and because you're you're making it a broader thing you're actually probably going to end up having having a healthier lifestyle than just by just going for that end goal and like you say like like you say if we use the six packs for example if if your goal is to get the six pack and you get the six pack then there's nothing after that and you feel depleted you'll get there like most people say you get to that point of what you wanted you've got it and now what and you're going to feel depressed you'll be like well okay i've got the six pack now i need to have um what next bigger biceps and then that becomes the goal whereas if you just say the theme of my life is to live healthily that then you're going to have all these things going to come naturally and it's just a constant progression and what you allow yourself then is to every day you're adding to that progression and that's just part of your life whereas if you've got these set goals or i want to earn 30k by this age or i want to have my own house by this age you'll get it and then you'll just be upset because you've got that go oh oh, yeah exactly (laughs) so it has to just you have to have themes for your life like i would say probably my themes of life are i want to live healthy i want to have great relationships and i want to go explore the world they're kind of themes they're not like end points that i mean it's good to have like a goal for certain goals but let it be part of a bigger theme 
Cool. So the next point, um, which you spoke about, which I think this one's pretty cool. I think this one probably one of my favourite is that the young people today, we don't em- embrace reinvention. I'm actually going to disagree with that. Okay, what are you going to say? I think it's actually the older generation that doesn't embrace reinvention, which therefore isn't passed on. It's looked down upon the younger generation the millennials but i think we're as young people we're in fear of reinvention because our parents have never reinvented or they never they constantly stay the same and so is it that we would like to reinvent or we'd like to do like this is a total truth actually Mm -hmm. like say with my um, girlfriend who's doing the course or if she changes her mind she's in fear of changing her mind if that if she if she swaps over to a new course because her parents might think oh well you keep doing 100 different things which one are you going to settle on and so it's like the older generation don't really let our generation embrace that reinvention if you're reinventing they see it as you don't have a clear goal you don't know where you're going and you're a bit mm-hmm. you're a bit unsure and you've got no you've got no plans to set or you've got i think i think it depends on what you mean by reinvention really because i would say that as a younger generation we very much embrace reinvention in what sense very much embrace it in almost every sense but of oneself a self-reinvention is what i think james is trying to say I can say, yeah, we reinvent, yeah, we embrace new technology and we do that sort of stuff. And and I think career as well, I think we do embrace that a lot. I mean, if you look at the sorts of jobs that people do, like people are doing completely different careers to what degrees they were doing. And yes, okay, that might be because they can't get into the career mm-hmm. they want to do. But it's the fact that they're willing to do that. They're willing to do it very quickly. They turn it around very quick. Like I know loads of actors that have become teachers. They didn't want to become teachers when they were uh, learning to act, but they've they decided either just before they left or after they left or whatever, I want to do something else. I know people that are doing other things as well. And I think think people are very quick to change their career paths these days. Whereas you look at before, there are people that are in the same business for the same company for 35 years. I, I In fact, I remember when I used to work in a retail store, <laughs> retail store which will not be named for legal reasons. <laughs> and there were people there that have been, oh yeah, I've been here for 15 years. And I died inside for them a little bit. And that was at the age of 16, 17. Yeah, but I don't think you can relate jumping jobs. I think people jump jobs nowadays because pays are stagnant more so and they get a bit bored. Okay, I've done two years. I'm the best I can be in this company. Okay, I'll jump into the next job and the next job. I don't think it's so much of a self-reinvention. It's not saying, well, this year I was this person. Next year I'm going to be totally different. It's kind of... It's like, okay, I've got this skill set. Okay, I moved to another job that needs this skill set, but it's got more money and it's got a little bit more work. And I don't think there's much of a, a total sort of self revamp and like a, a constant growth. Okay. That's okay. how I think. I think it I really agree with you to, on that. I agree with you on that like, side. I would love to question people like how much have you personally changed in the last year as a person, as your ideals, as your ideas, as your bravery, as your, I don't know, your health, your mindset. What have you, has that been reinvented? Have, like I always look back and last year I thought I was reading a load of books and I'm, oh my God, I'm so much cleverer than I was the year before. And I look back now and I'm saying, well, last year, I knew nothing. And then next year, I'm pretty sure I'm going to keep saying it's going to take me to the next level. And I just think that part of it is what I think young people are missing, the reinvention of really deep inside themselves. Like if you go and speak to someone from uni a couple of years back, are they still the same person with the same ideals or the same thoughts or have they become something else? Are they pushing themselves to a different level, to a new a new sort of area? I, I don't know. I just think I totally agree with James on that one. Yeah, I agree with you on that side of it, to be fair. And I think if, you, if you're if you stuck in a, in, a, in a life that kind of keeps you, if you're doing the same thing in and out for a whole year, if you've got a stable job or whatever for the a year or two, 
there's not much else going on in your life therefore there's no opportunities for reinvention whether you are kind of unless you are kind of reading those books or getting on those podcasts or chucking yourself into new situations which is why we will say like entrepreneurship is the ultimate self-growth because that's it you've thrown yourself into an opportunity where you kind of have to reinvent in order to succeed okay so the next point is the one percent rule and this is about getting better like every day trying to get one percent either physically emotionally and mentally so um, i know we spoke a lot about that before and it's one of the sort of themes that we talk a lot about is about just taking these small steps and every every little one percent that you do each day in any of those areas is just going to get you towards that bigger goal at the end mm-hmm. yeah it's, it's all about kind of stacking the small decisions and and the small habits and things like that and i mean it, you it's it's that same thing if you take a hundred percent of what you've got and you add one percent that's a hundred and one percent then you add another one percent tomorrow that's actually one hundred and two point something percent and then you add that again and before long that one percent becomes bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger and eventually something's got to give so um the book that i think is really great i know it's a short point but it's really just basic to the point is just every day try to get a little bit better at whatever you're trying to achieve whether that's putting 15 minutes into your business that you're starting on the side whether that's doing 10 push-ups towards getting you the better body you want or taking something out of your diet say i'm going to have one less can of fizzy drink this day or one less sugar in my tea all these little one percents add up and they're going to really get you towards the actual goals that you want and a great book that i had on um, which is available on audible or on um, you can buy on amazon is called the one thing by gary keller and jay Papasan, I didn't even know. I thought it was just Gary Keller, to be honest. But yeah, and Jay Papasan. So the one thing it really sort of sums that up, and he really basically says like each day have have your have your big sort of. I'm going to say this is going to kind of go against the last one. Have your big sort of goal, but also each day do the one thing each day to get you towards that big goal. So whether that's that one day on that what he says the one. Do the one thing on that one day and then the one thing on that one week, the one thing on that one month and then a year and it just sort of stacks. And as long as you're doing your one thing every day, you will get to the thing that you want to get to. Fab. So the next one is the Google rule. So I didn't actually know what this was. So I had to actually go to um, his blog and find out what the actual Google rule was. And basically, he um, James stated that it's always about... It's, the, the point of the Google rule is always send people to the best resources, even if it's a competitor... And he says that the benefits will come back at you tenfold. So what's your thoughts on that, Wayne? Um, yeah, I mean, it, it, this actually kind of goes to leadership. I think this is heavily linked into leadership because if you're trying to share a message or share an idea or whatever, uh, the best way that you can do that is like, it's that thing where you're trying to say to somebody, um, this is probably the best thing that you could do, or this is about to change, or this is going to, and they're like, yeah, yeah you're talking crap. It's like, but so-and-so says that this is the case. And it's just the kind of backing up what you're trying to say. And I think it's kind of a similar thing. If you're trying to help someone out or if you're trying to spread an idea or whatever, if you pass them on to other resources and, and good resources, it's going to help spread that message, share that idea. I guess that's the point of the podcast, really, because we have these points down and each point we're going to then send you off on the blog to somewhere where you can actually delve in a little bit deeper. As you say, we're just sort of introducing the idea and then we'll obviously go to the people who know this even more like the books we've we've referenced they're the guys that have really jumped right into depths into that subject and so that's it really if you've got if you've got friends and people who you're supporting out there really try to get them the best knowledge possible like you say like you don't know everything there will be someone who knows that area a lot lot better than you and has probably done so much more research so 
it's nice to introduce people but then actually send them to the best the best place to get the best advice cool so the um next one i guess these a lot of these relate to each other i can see how they all fall into each other so on this one he says you should give constantly give constantly to people in your network and i guess that kind of really applies to the google rule in a way yeah to a degree but it doesn't always have to be the Google rule. The, the, I think the idea that's being put here is that, uh, particularly in this day and age, it is about... It's that um, Zig Ziglar thing where he says, you know, you can get anything you want in life by helping other people get what they want. And it's that same thing. It's it's the act of giving. And it's that social capital. It's that social um, almost debt that... Because you have helped people by giving this stuff to your network, whether that's an online network, whether that's a physical network, it's like, for example, if if somebody comes to you and says, um, "Oh, you know, I need this doing," and it's like, "Oh, that's not really my area of expertise." However, Jack down the road, he's really good at that, so I'll introduce you to, and then Jack will return the favour. So will the so and so that comes asking for your help. They'll probably return the favour because there's been a mutually beneficial relationship, and that's going to come back to you. Yeah, that's a probably really good way of actually... Which I guess is actually the Google rule. <laughs> it's actually a few of the rules, though. It's like the importance of networking. It's like if you're going to be good to other people, it's the relationship thing. It's if you do good things, people naturally want to return a favour and they're going to help you out. And the more you can give, the more of it's just going to come back at you. So... um the book I, I would like to suggest for that one is Give and Take by Adam Grant. And I've read this book and I think it's it's so perfect for the digital economy because it's more important than ever now to just... Everybody's putting out knowledge and putting out... Like, we're putting out the podcast. We're giving as much as possible in the hope... Not in the hope, I guess, but you're just... You're, it's going to come back at, at us because us doing this podcast, people are reaching out to come on or we're being able to actually ask people to come on the podcast. We're getting to network. And so it's just give as much value as you can and it naturally just flows back to you some like an equilibrium that has to kind of find the balancing point again so absolutely get on it so the next one um is i think is a one that we've talked about a few times particularly when we talk about education is um more kind of it's how to fail so that failure turns into a beginning and it's kind of this just this idea of not seeing failure as a bad thing um which this is where the education comes in we are taught and almost indoctrinated into thinking that if you fail you're it's over it's a, yeah, you're it's done. done you're done, done. dig <laughs> your own grave <laughs> right on your tombstone because that's it you're done and it's not the case at all in fact the most successful people in the world have often had the biggest failures definitely and james is james is very like he loves to talk about all the failures he's had, he's had. And I think that's it. It's like if you're failing regularly, you're going to grow. I think it's only when you fail is when you have to make the change. So if you're doing stuff and you get it right, you're going to think, well, I've done it right. I don't have to change the way of the things that I'm doing. Whereas when you fail, you're like, okay, something went wrong here. I'm going to have a little look back and see what I could have done differently. And in that moment, you change. Like if the relationship fails, it's because you kind of look back and say, well, to be honest, I maybe wasn't being as kind or weren't giving enough attention. Or if um, your business goes down a pan, it's like, well, to be honest, I wasn't doing any sales. I didn't network with anyone who could have helped me yeah. and so that's going to make you that's going to be the catalyst to make a change and and that's it really yeah and actually um my company put out a quote from thomas edison last week um which was um i haven't failed ten thousand times i discovered ten thousand ways that won't work exactly and i think that that sums it up quite nicely <laughs> yeah that hits a nail on the head that's yeah. it cool, cool. So, so the um next one is 
um, basically that we don't know how to utilize tools to increase our productivity, which is funny, really, because we're now we're said to be like super techie and we're in the digital age. We're sort of embracing this technology, whereas there's so much available nowadays. So why aren't we actually getting good at using these sort of tools? So could you this might be a curveball and I apologize if it is. Could you give an example of what he might mean by that? Simple tools to increase productivity. Yeah. Um, well, you probably are giving me a bit of a curveball. <laughs> Sorry, but I, t- I felt I had to ask for clarity. Well, he hasn't gone on it himself, but the way I see it is if it's like just general things in life. So whether it's um, ordering your shopping so that you don't have to, so you don't have to spend your time going to supermarkets, so you just get the, the food delivered, or you use Buffer to put out your social media posts so your message can get across, or... Um, you buy the latest iPhone watch, which might have came out tonight (laughs) just so that you can track your health or you're just not embracing things that are kind of, they're time consuming. And and they take a lot of, like like you say, you can actually focus on the things that really matter. But I think that's what he's saying. Because in terms of productivity, productivity is just getting more done with the time you have or being more efficient with what you do. And in terms of tools, I'm thinking of like software or kind of technology, which can obviously increase that. And so maybe that's what he's saying, or maybe it's just um, we've got a Kindle now, which can hold every book in the world. Like, is it not more productive now to just get your books digitally and you can read a lot more and you can read on the go? You can. Yeah. Or I suppose it's even that thing of of using your commute on the tube uh, to read a book rather than listen to music. Mm I guess could be where he's where he's going with that as well. Yeah, and definitely. Just, I think it's just, just kind of utilizing your time the most effective way and doing it in the most simple, easy way possible as well. Yeah, I think it's. I mean, I know James is not about kind of doing loads to you. Literally, because I think if you go overboard on productivity, you're just going to burn. You can yeah, you're going to burn yourself out really badly. I think he's just saying that we're doing a lot of the stuff that's already burning us out, but we could be doing it a whole lot more efficiently if we had the right tools. And I think being someone who's always online there's always a new tool like i just found a new website today which allows you to put your stuff up onto instagram from your computer which everyone was like oh you can't do that amazing exactly and so that's what i mean so just finding these new tools which allow you to kind of work around these systems that are really just too slow for you or making you have so much time like imagine there's still people out there who send a tweet out manually six times a day rather than saying well i'll I'll schedule them in using buffer and i think that's probably what he's saying but i don't want to put words in james's mouth of course of course so what's the book recommendation on that one um the book recommendation on that one we didn't do the last one either but never mind (laughs) we're a bit all over the place first episode back um so the book for that one is habit stacking 97 small life changes that will take five minutes or less so this is by sj scott and it's a book i've got this book and i think it's great i think he like literally puts down loads of ways that you can hack hundreds of different things that are in your lifestyle and well hundreds almost a hundred different things that are in your life and yeah you could get a bit obsessed with these i think it's like take take the ones that really apply to you that can save you the most time really so check that out so the next one is um how to master a field um and and james makes a very good point of of stating that really school isn't teaching us how to master a field because there's no way that you can master a field if you're only only dealing with that that field for 50 minutes a week it's just not going to happen um and then it's broken into 50 minute segments plus then do you just become a master and everyone else is the master of the um, of the amount of that lesson so everybody who finishes with an a is a master to the level of the a that they've taught yeah in a way i think i know what you're saying so basically are you really a master if it's already got a curriculum to it and there's only one end goal which you're ranked as an a if you get to this level so 
if you're not really a master. Yeah, so you, 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 you just because you've got an A level in geography doesn't mean you're a master of geography at all. No, no. Um, because you can't possibly know enough to be a master of geography in this short amount of time that you've got. And um, and yeah, I think what he's saying as well is just the structure of the education system doesn't really hammer home just how much time you really have to put into something to truly be able to master it. He sort of makes the point that like mastery is not something that is put upon you like someone can't tell you to become a master of maths and so you do your schooling system you say well i'm a master of maths because somebody has asked you to become a master of maths wouldn't that be wonderful (laughs) (laughs) instead it's he talks about sort of like you will master the thing that you kind of go off in your own time and you literally like it's like with me i love all things health related i love digital technology and so in my spare time i'll be finding out i'll be reading research and it's just something that interests me so much and so I'm not a master yet but I'm becoming I'm on my path to mastery but then another way of looking at it is is to say like a lot of people say well actually well especially Tim Ferriss and people like that sort of say well you can there's there, mastery is not a huge elusive thing like you can actually speed the time to mastery especially now with digital technology but it is one of those things that has to come from yourself you can't somebody cannot apply I think it's that, that mastery onto you there's, there's now a big discussion that's going on between uh, particularly with you know the, the amounts of skills that we need these days with social media and then youtube and all that sort of stuff like there's the argument coming out of now do we need to be a master of of anything other than our core discipline um there's this idea i think it's called referred to as last minute learning which is this idea that if you've got a, you've got a task you need to complete you don't have the skills to complete it so you learn the minimal amount that you need to learn in a short amount of time in order to complete that task and and so eventually like, i do all the graphic design for my company i'm not a graphic designer i have no knowledge of graphic design i've gone on youtube i've learned a few uh, photoshop tutorials and then i've played around with the computer i'm no no by no means a master but i can do it and i can do it better than some people can and i think it's that argument of of do we need to master anything these days as well which is an interesting debate probably for another podcast (laughs) definitely and i think i think that's um james talks a lot about that as well like i think people say well if you read the five best books in a certain area you could actually go and give a talk on that because if you can put them in your own way and structure it people think you're an expert because they are the books that everyone looks to for say sales and so if you soak in that knowledge from the five best books and then you relay it in a confident way people gonna say well this guy's an expert he's a master of sales look at what he's done so yeah i guess he's sort of saying like like we need to learn how to become masters but it's probably a lot easier nowadays to be to master enough of a skill like you say to sort of be to get across what you want without having to jump right in but yeah it's like a whole different debate to open up like do you need do we actually need to be masters of everything or like tim ferris says is it is it the jack of all trade that's the guy who's going to really thrive in the new economy cool and so the books or places to look for finding more about mastery i think as i say tim ferris i'm going to put a video up um which is all about how Tim Ferriss sort of deconstructs. Um, he deconstructs people who are the best in their field, and he pulls out like the like he says, like the twenty percent that actually gets the results, and let go of the eighty percent, which is sort of just a fluff around it. And then again, obviously, um, if you know the Forty Eight Laws of Power by Robert Greene, he had, which is a great book. He also has another book which is Mastery. And again, I think there's two different ways of looking at. It. I think he kind of goes into the ten thousand hours more, like you really need to be a master. Whereas Tim Ferriss says, well, actually, if you cut it right down, you can probably become a master in a lot shorter time but i think that's a huge debate <laughs> so i guess it depends which end of the debate you come from you you come at it from if you come at it from the i'd rather be a jack of all trades and be able to do loads of different things then look at the tim 
side if you're the sort of person that wants to be like I want to be the best at whatever field then probably look at Robert Green. definitely cool so I think this one's the last one and I think this is more on the ah, mindful this is more of the zen one which um, I guess this kind of really relates to his new book The Power of No and he says basically um are the youngsters do not know how to stop the noise like mm-hmm. the noise in their head or how I to I don't think it's just the youngsters I think we sure. all suffer from it like even even my dad these days and in fact the, my boss at work is going my emails are crazy I went away for three days and I it took me a whole day to get through my emails but that's what I said but I think we're I think as a young as young people I think we're more open to it coming in like most of the old people well, I'm not on Twitter I'm not on Facebook I'm not on Instagram and so we've opened ourselves up to so many different channels and that we, we're taking in so much more knowledge so much faster than was ever possible before and it's like we don't know how to switch off we don't have to stop that we don't know how to actually be alone it's like i think my girlfriend was saying like a statistic how like um we actually get uncomfortable when we don't know where our mobiles are like it actually has a physiological effect on our bodies we sh- we're stressing out or if we can't get on the internet we have to it's like there's actual things happening in us like we can't just switch off which is scary it's really scary actually you i was talking to you last, last night in preparation for this episode and i was complaining you about prepared for this <laughs> <laughs> and uh my i was complaining to you about my email uh, not my email my internet being awful and it had been stressing me out for days yeah I saw your statuses on Facebook it was quite annoying really I'm sorry I don't usually I've, I kind of try and not to put stressful statuses on, on Facebook these days you're going to have to hide you was, I know I turned into a monster mm-hmm. but that's what I'm saying we really don't know how to switch off I'm Like we're so used to being able to be connected to get the answers so fast that we actually we don't give time to just think for ourselves like actually just to step away be quiet i was saying to my girlfriend i said to you remember when i was saying oh we should go up in the like in the forest and just meditate and maybe just do 30 minutes and you're like well actually i said an hour first she was like no way can i sit for an hour it's like why can't we like why can't young people just relax and be themselves and just like it's, it's really strange and i find it difficult even when i meditate for 10 minutes suddenly i've realized i've been actually thinking about the work i need to get done for 10 minutes yeah so it is very difficult and i just think i don't know really i think there's is a really difficult one i think a lot of us need to really just tap back into that whether that's through meditation yeah i think there's a movement going on all over the world at the moment we're certainly in western civilization where we're going okay this is getting too much now this is getting ridiculous i'm getting emails at three o'clock in the morning what the hell i just want to sleep i just want to relax i just want to switch off and like people the only time people do it is when they go on vacation um, and I think even then you do get uncomfortable you kind of feel like well if we're in a restaurant let's see if they've got free wifi just so I can see if some emails or if anybody's retweeted me or and I, I think there's a big movement going on really just to make everybody a little bit more aware and I think people are becoming more aware of it um, yeah well I've had to set boundaries in our, my relationship like I say when I go to see my girlfriend I'm just like look can we just put the mobiles near the front door like when we get to see each other we've done our internet stuff and and then we do sometimes say well, if it's been like a few hours we say oh should we quickly have a quick phone break and okay we'll go check our stuff chill ourselves out and come back and be with each other and i think i think people just really need to be a lot more mindful about that sort of stuff yeah i agree there's a lot of noise out there um so i haven't really got a book for this one i know i put one down there but that doesn't really change my mind change my mind about that book we'll give the book anyway they might want to read it well okay the book's called quiet by susan kane and it kind of more relates to um 
introverts more standing out and quieting quieting those people on the outside more the people who are the big voices but it's usually introverts who want to be heard so it kind of relates but i would also check out um james Alch's power of no and that's more about just saying no to what what your boundaries are in your life so is it that you won't answer emails after 6 p.m is it that um uh, you will meditate for 10 minutes a day just to give yourself that peace of quiet peace and quiet and just will I not watch the news so that I'm or read, read newspapers so I'm not bombarded by these big atten- like big headlines that are just fear mongering the whole time. And it's just it is so important that people, especially now, they've just learned to say no to those distractions that really are taking over your lives and really you're taking in so much information and like you say, like the subconscious is so powerful, so it's processing it underneath there. And so if the whole time you're getting this negative stuff coming through and you can't switch off and if you can't switch off you don't have any time for creativity in a way because your brain's constantly focused on i don't know survival mode or have i have I caught up with the latest episode of whatever everyone's talking about yeah. so i think i think that's really really important i think i'm doing i'm just that's one of the ones that i'm really focusing on personally just to actually take the time out of my day like just to say 10 minutes meditation and it's scary like sometimes you can't even do 10 minutes meditation <laughs> just to actually 10 minutes for yourself Okay, so that's the episode for this week, really. Uh, it's been a little bit of a bitty one, as we say, but hopefully you got plenty out of that because there is lots of lots of gold in there. If you if sift through the, the rubble, there might be something there for you. <laughs> might be a little bit of gold. <laughs> um, so as always, we're happy to hear from you, and we'd love to hear from you, in fact. Um, so if you want to email us, you can email me at wayne at com, Or you can email me at gem at com. We will take requests for any episode ideas as well. We're happy to do that. So if you do have anything you want us to discuss, ping us an email. Or if you like Twitter, you can tweet us. You can tweet me at Wayne underscore Ingram. Or me at C-K-Y-I-L-D-I-Z. Um, as you heard, there's loads of books there in that episode that we kind of gave us suggestions and if you want to download one of those for free if you go to audibletrial.com slash nonsense you can download one for free i think there's the robert green one there there's um quiets on there so definitely just check out the list of books and and go on there and see which one you can download totally for free ironic you'll be da- downloading an audio book called quiet brilliant <laughs> Um, yeah, one thing that we are asking at the moment as well is if you know a friend that could really use any of the advice that we or, or discussions that we uh, kind of have on this show, please just share it with them. Just give them the link. Just go here. This might be useful, even if it's just a specific episode, um, because we do this show because we want to help people. We want to help people get where they want to be and I think it'd be a great help. Win-win for everyone. There's my negotiating skills. Exactly. And also, we're in the process of um, doing a host transfer. So, as I say, I think we're we're moving to Libsyn from Podomatic. And I think there's going to be some... Hopefully, it's gone through comfortably and you won't notice any changes. But we will let you know because hopefully we're trying to pull all our subscribers over to the new host. And... um, as I say, like we're we're getting more viewers, we're having to put more episodes up, which means we're having to pay a lot more for hosting. So we've actually put a support page on the website, which you can it's on powerfulnons.com slash support where you can just send us a little bit of money, whether it's one pound, three pound, five pound, anything just to just to say thank you for what we do. And it also all goes into actually just making the episode a lot better. It means we can buy a better microphone, so we've got better, better sound. sound quality, yeah. It means that 
as I say, it means that we can buy more books, we can do a lot more research, it keeps us up, it keeps the hosting paid for, and as I say, it just shows that, it, it gives love, to, it shows some love to us, and it makes us more energised to actually keep coming back and doing this, so we'd really appreciate any support. And another thing which makes us feel really energised and really happy, Apple. Apple. See, I'm getting excited for Apple's I know, event that tonight is already. Crazy. <laughs> Makes us really happy. Um, is if you leave a nice little review on iTunes, we had a new one which made us very happy from a gentleman Apple, named very happy Wilson. Indeed. <laughs> so thank you, Wilson. Cool. So I hope you review. found some information in there and that's useful. I'm, I mean, first and foremost, putting a review up just helps spread the word about the show, and that's the main thing. So please, 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 if you do like what you're hearing please just leave us an, a nice little review it only takes a few minutes it'll make us very happy happy very happy indeed <laughs> <laughs> cool so i hope you found some information in there that's useful and have a great week and watch the apple event see you later <laughs> bye